0: Hey guys, Dylan from Art of the Float here to talk to you about our upcoming roundtable discussion on March 1st. I really want to see you there. It's going to be an exciting community event where we're going to be talking about defining your brand. We're getting good at water maintenance, we're getting good at soundproofing, but we're not great at filling up our float tanks with customers. Our industry's marketing game needs to improve, so we here at Art of the Float are hosting community roundtable discussions online to improve our marketing game. I think the most important thing about branding is the fact that it's the base for all of your marketing. Join Amy, Lance, myself, and the rest of the float community as we get together and deep dive into what a brand is how it benefits your business and how it brings customers through your door defining your brand is our first roundtable experience of 2017 and will set you up for future marketing roundtables throughout this year there's no need to waste your valuable time and money this is a small investment that will potentially save you thousands of dollars and certainly hundreds of hours over the lifetime of your business go to art forward slash roundtable and see our full list of roundtable discussions happening in 2017 sign up now And we'll see you on March 1st. Enjoy the show.
1: You're listening to the Art of Floating Podcast.
0: How exciting! Art of Floating Podcast. This is our very first podcast and I'm so excited to be here. Um, I'm so excited to be here along with my co-hosts. I've got Amy Grimes. Hello. And Lance Foss. (laughs) <laughs> We're going to be hearing more from them uh, later on in the show here, but first, I just wanted to take a moment. Um, I write on my my blog. I've been writing for several years now, but this is the first time you've probably heard my voice, unless unless you've met me in person. And I just want to take the time to say thank you, um, thank you so much for supporting um, the blog, for supporting me. Um, it's meant the absolute world to to me and and my partner Brian. Um, whether it's the emails, whether it's saying hello at the Float Conference. Or even buying products on our products page, supporting us through Amazon links—it it it, uh, it really means the world to us. And um, those emails and those the questions, the support—it um, truly is what what drives us and and makes us um, keep posting. So thank you so much. Um, But you're probably really curious what this podcast is about. And so I do want to answer that question first um, before we hear more from Lance and Amy. Um, And also I'll get to why Lance and Amy are even on this show. Why does that make sense? And why is the podcast, um, why is it not just me talking here, but um, why is it a team effort? So... What is this podcast? Um, this is a podcast specifically for entrepreneurs. If you know what that word means, we're talking to you. Uh, what is this podcast not? Um, it's not a podcast for somebody who's just interested in floating. This isn't for somebody who's um, just le- looking to learn more about floating or, or delve into it. This is specifically for the person who's taken the leap to change their entire life by opening a float center. Um, we're talking to the person who is about to open a float center. We're talking about the person who's in the middle of opening their float center, running it, uh, wanting to refine it. This podcast is here for you. Um, and uh, we're going to cover a lot of things on this podcast. I, I'm, I'm really excited about what we'll be delivering for you. Um, we're going to be talking about how to improve your float center, how to open it in the first place, increasing profit better customer service, water maintenance, soundproofing, all the nitty-gritty stuff that's really specific to float centers, and also more general things that are specific uh, to any, any business, not just float-centered businesses. We're, we're going to cover all those things. We're also going to have guests on the show. It's going to be really cool to have people uh, from the float industry, um, probably a lot of names that you'd probably expect, and then we're going to have people from the float industry that you might not expect, or people who aren't in the industry at all, but can definitely bring value to you for bettering your float center. We're also going to be bringing news updates to you. Uh, We're going to be bringing information that's going on throughout the float industry and making sure that you're on the pulse of what's happening as this industry is growing because it is growing year after year and is growing month to month. And so we want to keep you up to date on what's going on. And I want to include you in this. Um, what's really cool? What's been really cool about the blog is um, people posting on on my posts. Um, but beyond that, I get a lot of emails, way more than than the comments I see on the blog are. Emails asking questions, opinions, and um, and you are very vocal over email. But now you can be vocal. Um, everybody in several different ways so first of all you can find me on artful floating Uh, that's my uh, that's the art of floating's twitter handle you can find lance and we'll cover this at the end of the show as well but lance at the float shack and uh, amy at float nashville also, you can go on to the blog now, theartofloating.com, and leave voicemails. If you look to the left side of the screen, if you're on your computer, you're going to see a yellow bar, and you can click on that and leave a voicemail for us. Um, let us know what uh, what's going on with your float center. We'll have different topics that we're going to want to cover, and, um, yeah, we, we want to hear from you. Um, why do we have three hosts here? Let's talk about that. Um, the reason I started the blog was, um, to help improve float centers through discussion and through bringing up questions. And I think there's a certain limit to what I can bring individually. Um, I can talk to everybody. I can gain information and I can share that. But uh, if I bring in different points of view and people who are in different stages of their float centers, uh, we're going to have much better discussions. And I think the listener is going to have a lot, uh, a lot more to gleam from, from everything. And we have just more experts in the room so uh without further ado, um, let me reintroduce everybody uh, Lance Amy welcome to the show <laughs>
1: thank you Yay. pleasure to be here cool i'm excited
0: yeah, me too. So first of all, I would like everybody to cover um, let everybody in the audience know uh, about your business where are you now what's what's the name of your business? What does it look like?
2: Yeah, yeah, welcome everybody. Um, <laughs> my name's Lance and I'm coming to you from Red Deer, Alberta. Um, I operate a float center called The Float Shack. Um, we've been open just over a year now. Um, things have been going real good. We've, uh, we're have we running two tanks and we have saw about um, 3,500 people. So um, our city, there's only 100,000 people. So we're one of the smaller cities to get up and going with a, a float center but it's uh it's been real good. We've done everything ourselves um, from construction to business plan to you know all the ins and outs. We've we've took on all the tackles. So um that's where we are. Is uh about 14 months in and we're excited for the future and we got some good things coming up and uh we're excited to share our story with uh the float world.
0: Yeah, that's so cool. That's very exciting. I I'm excited to hear more about that. Amy, how about yourself?
2: I, sure. And Lance,
1: are you alone? Are you? Is this your business? Is, is Float Shack all you?
2: Uh, no, I actually have two other business partners. I founded with another gentleman named Matthew Derouge. He's uh, this started from an idea in a kitchen to um, running a center, and we brought on another partner named Cole Stevens. So. There's three Absolutely. of us, and we have three employees now, so um, wow. six of us uh, running the shack. Cool. Thank you. I
1: love that. Yeah. Uh, I always ask that simply because uh, it's just myself and Mark, who's my business partner, and we finally do have, we have now three employees, uh, but it has been quite the, uh, quite the adventure with two people. Uh, we have a three-tank center in Nashville, Tennessee, in case you didn't know that by the y'all, we huh? are in the buckle of the Bible <laughs> Belt, nice. and we have what I like to call a micro-float center. Uh, we have uh, three tanks in 1,100 square feet, a very tiny 1,100 square feet. Wow. Um, we just passed our two-year anniversary mark, so we survived two years. Happy birthday. celebration! Nice. Thank you. <laughs> Big celebration. Big cool. quotation celebration. And uh, we're seeing... We're seeing a slow growth, but we are seeing growth. We're moving in the right direction, mm. and so I'm okay with that. Uh, we are, like I said, in the buckle of the Bible bell. This is very new to a lot of people, and uh, it's a little slow growing, but we're getting the word out there, and the, uh, the people who have floated have been really enthusiastic and uh, spreading through word of mouth. Nice. How about yourself, Dylan?
0: Yeah, um, that's going to be really interesting to talk about more about uh, the challenges of different cities. I th- I think I'm really lucky to be in Portland, obviously. Um, we're a, a float uh, capital here, and we're also, um, what's the word, a, a tourist city as well. So we have so many people coming in here as well. Um, so let's see here. We have three float tanks. Uh, we have two massage rooms. We have an acupuncturist, uh, a naturopath, two therapists, uh, and a yoga center. Think that's all that we do we also have a foot bath which is really awesome um so uh, you can soak your feet while you're here as well but um i think we currently have 30 employees that's that is including lmt's and yoga teachers um but uh, i think eight actually front Uh, front desk staff Um, and we've been open for we're just coming up on four years now we're about to have our four-year anniversary coming up here so that is super exciting Um, and when I say we of course I'm talking about Sandra Calm my wife my now wife which is really (laughs) exciting and um, yeah let's see here anything else I should say about my float center
1: (laughs) now where did you start out you didn't have all that when you started what did you start with Dylan
0: yeah, that's a good question. Uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible. Um, we started out with uh, two float tanks um, in a a giant 1900s house. So uh, it's been a long journey um, coming from that to, to where we are today. Um, yeah,
1: that's a nice four year growth. I love yeah. it. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's beautiful. It's been a lot of growth. It feels like a snail's pace day to day, but then when we look back, it's amazing how fast it goes. Um, Lance, what were you doing before you opened your center?
2: Well, that's um, that's that's quite a shift.
0: <laughs> I <laughs> um, know. <laughs> I, spent, <laughs>
2: I spent the last uh, ten years as a heavy duty mechanic in the oil field. So I went, yeah, like where I come from, Alberta, it's like the the Texas of Canada. So there's a lot of oil field activity. Actually, the whole province almost evolves around the oil field activity, as we're starting to see right now. Um, but yeah, I was a mechanic every day I got dirty. I, I, you know, I got hurt. I pulled wrenches, I got cut, you know, always dealing with that side of things. And, um, I thought I'd be doing it for my entire life. There's, um, times in kindergarten where I go back and look at projects and I said I wanted to be a mechanic, but, huh. um, when I came upon all this, I realized that, uh, there's more ways to making money than, uh, just working with your hands and <laughs> strength and being tired and sore every day. And. That's how I was raised and sort of led me in the direction of uh, relaxation. Interesting. Mm-hmm. What, about, uh, what about you, Amy?
1: Okay, so uh, I actually started out as a director, executive director of a national nonprofit. And after 10 years of that and a few, uh, uh, a few health-related issues thanks to stress, I mm-hmm. became a massage therapist and from there, it did seem more of a natural progression to the Float Center. Uh, but I've come a long way from my uh, nonprofit years, actually. Yeah, it's uh, it's been quite a journey. How about yourself, Dylan? I know a little wow. bit about your past, but yeah. not a whole lot. What were you doing before Nobody you knows. started? Yeah I, I you in,
0: yeah, I was working in I was working in IT, <laughs> uh, and it was uh, super boring. I didn't care for it whatsoever. I think uh, a lot of people are totally fulfilled working in the IT field, and um i absolutely didn't uh it was a cubicle farm it was for a fortune 500 company which sounds really glamorous but really that just means you're a a cog in in the machine and and your voice means absolutely nothing and you could be outsourced at any moment um and you see your friends disappearing because of outsourcing and uh there's just um money is absolutely the number one priority so that was uh that was difficult for me um and, uh, yeah, I, I suppose that's pretty much where I was at in life before opening the float center and, and, uh, just starting to date Sandra before, before discovering floating. Yeah. Um, which probably leads me to the inspiration of why I started a float center, which is, um, well, let's see, I guess actually, um, I just kind of discovered in my head, it goes back a little bit further than I thought, which was working in the cubicle farm. I was listening to tons of podcasts, um, I would basically tune out of my job however I could because I didn't want to be there and I worked long days I was also on call um so I'd have to help with with things after hours and it was just absolutely killing me so um I would try to kind of find outlets and podcasts were a great way and uh Joe Rogan was probably the best one for me to to find an outlet that he talks about really cool things that I could connect with, and he does freaking long podcasts. So I could listen to him all day long, or I honestly, it would usually take a few days to get through a single one of his podcasts. Because I was actually doing a job during this time, too, I, even if I was trying to tune out a little bit. but um, so. Sure you are yeah
2: yeah <laughs> you called um, the joe rogan escape instead of the joe rogan yeah experience. No kidding it's- seriously <laughs>
0: that that's very apt um so i was joe rogan escaping and he would talk about his float tank that he has one in a basement and i think that's really common for a lot of people out there as, as they hear about floating through joe rogan or at least my personal demographic I'm, I'm 32 year old male and i was doing mma at the time too so i was probably his exact specific target um and uh I looked into where a float center was in Portland and there weren't any, but I did find a single float tank out of a guy's apartment and I called him up, booked an appointment, um, told Sandra about it. And she said, hell no, no, you are not going into some dude's apartment, getting naked and being chopped up into a million pieces. So, um, I canceled the appointment and, Just a few, and I, I heard her, you know, it, it kind of made sense. It did, it was a little weird, but um, just uh, gosh, I think just literally two months after that, Float On opened up. And as it turns out, the guy whose apartment I was scared to go into was Chris Measure, who's in my opinion kind of the, the godfather of floating here in Portland. Um, he's been around for a long time working on, on float projects, and um, and uh, yeah, he happened to be co owning. Uh, opening this this float center, they opened with a big group on, so um I think it was Sandra. Bought a whole bunch of Groupon's and brought us in to to float and to be quite honest, I had a very disappointing float. Joe Rogan pumps that up. It's such a cool thing. It's absolutely amazing. Alien symbology up in the sky. All this really cool stuff. And I laid in water for 90 minutes and I got out a little frustrated, relaxed but a little frustrated. And I had no interest in coming back. I was like, oh okay, that's hype. Got it. Um, Sandra signed up for their really cool um, art program where you do uh, t- you get two free floats or at least two floats and trade for a piece of art. So she almost was required to go back, but I think she was actually excited to. On her third float beforehand, she said, you need to come with me. There's something to this. This is really cool. Um, I went back somewhat begrudgingly, uh, to be honest, and I let go immediately and had a beautiful float experience. Um, It was uh, was gorgeous and it it really impacted my life um, there forward and also made me really uh, further unhappy with my business life, um, but maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. On that drive home, I turned to her and said, why don't we do this? And she looked at me with this knowing face and just said, yeah, yeah, that's what we're doing. Um, and pretty shortly after that I, I quit my job and we started working on, on the float center. Um, so, yeah, there we go. <laughs> do you have a similar story, Lance? <laughs>
2: I have a similar story, but I didn't end up marrying my business partner. (laughs) there's still time. There's still time. Um, Actually, as crazy as it is, we first found out about uh, floating down in Portland. Um, We were down there. We went down there for a hip-hop concert, actually. Uh, We went to Seattle first, and then we uh, headed down to Portland. We've never been to either places. And uh, there was just one day we had some free time, so we rented some bicycles, and uh, we were riding our bikes around, and we actually stumbled upon Float On. And nice. at that time, I couldn't put floating to really anything. Um, my business partner, Matthew, he knew about it before that, but not much. So we got a little more information. Um, we were only there for a couple of days, so we never got a chance to float. But oh, wow. the whole drive back, the wonderful drive I've done so many times, a 17-hour drive to <laughs> Portland. Um, all I could think about is floating and, uh, or trying and wanting to try it. And we got back, we did our research, and we found a place that was 12 hours away, actually. So in a, in Abbotsford, BC, a place called Cloud 9. Um, cool. We uh, did a 12-hour drive and wow. drove to Abbotsford, and that night we slept in the 7-Eleven parking lot because... That's what we do, <laughs> and uh, we floated the next day, uh, much similar to you, in a guy's basement, actually. Oh, but is we that actually right? we okay. did it. And it was not it a commercial was- center. It, he had it done really nice like he had a massage bed and some other things in his house it was very well presented but when okay. we first pulled up we're like oh god <laughs> we drove 12 hours and like i'm not doing this i don't oh, want to wow. get in but it, just walking up that sidewalk it, it changed everything and once we opened the door it was like it was very comforting
0: cool nice. but
2: uh we we both did our first floats there and uh my first float there was there's a lot going on in my head i couldn't I couldn't let go, I couldn't relax, uh, much similar to what you said. I think there's a lot of hype behind it. Like, right. you know, When a lot of these people on these podcasts are talking about their float experiences, they've had hours upon hours of right. floating, and they're right. relaying that experience to the world, which really can affect someone's first-time float when they come in with all these expectations. But so, I so had you, expectations.
0: You did have expectations just from visiting Float On, or had you been listening to podcasts as well?
2: Well, no, after I heard about it on Float On, then, you know, the research going and you're watching all those YouTube videos (laughs) and, you know, all the same clips that were out, you know, three years ago, there wasn't much, but, uh, people's experiences. So, um, after my float, Travis had some tea waiting and he asked us, Mm -hmm. you know, how was everything? And, you know, what'd you think about? And I said, nothing. I, 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 there was so much that went on. I couldn't put one thing to my experience. And, uh, it was after that where i decided i wanted to go actually deeper and we sat went back home after you know driving back and sleeping on the side of the highway there um (laughs) it was about a week later we're like we gotta do it again we gotta do it again and um that was another 12-hour drive we had to do that we didn't want to go through so we decided we need to bring this to our community there's a there's a lot more behind this than what we can experience in one float and i don't want to make that drive so Um, We end up getting some family support and getting some funding, and uh, we got a couple Oasis float tanks, and the first one went into my basement, and the first- became that guy. (laughs) Became that guy, yeah. Um, (laughs) The first uh, about month and a half, we saw about 200 friends and family, and then it started to be strangers, and then it just started to get really weird because my neighbors were questioning why all these bags of salt are coming in and these crates and (laughs) all that, and- (laughs) About a month and a half in, my shower started to come apart, my laminate flooring started to lift, and oh my God, we knew there was a lot more than just slapping up four walls and yeah. putting in a <laughs> tub of water and that's when the real challenge actually started. but the inspiration behind it was uh trying it, um, wanting to take the entrepreneurial route and get out of that greasy, dirty physical labor and um Challenge myself. Wow. Both of us wanted to be challenged. We we're sort of bored with the oil field path and how mind numbing that can be. And uh, yeah, we we wanted to help people. That's I think we're all in that for seeing that beautiful yes. glow coming down the <laughs> yes. hallway. Yes,
1: yes. for it.
2: Yeah, my inspiration is just just to help people and to to challenge myself and do something new. What about you, Amy? What inspired you to get into the whole business of nothing?
1: Yeah. Well, interestingly enough, um, mine also took place in a ba- basement. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know what a bunch of weirdos here. I <laughs> know, a bunch oh of we- go- You're listening to this again. Basements. Very specific um, so, audience. Yeah. <laughs> uh, interestingly enough, I actually floated for the first time 18 years ago, 18, 19 years huh. ago now. Nice. And I was traveling quite a bit with the nonprofit organization. And I was living, I lived with chronic pain for 24 years. I lived, I, I explain it on a scale of 0 to 10. I was at a 6 every single day, at least a 6 to an 11. And during my trip, I had a, a flare-up, and I I was desperate. I found a massage therapist off off the beaten path. I couldn't get one to the hotel, but I, I went off the uh, hotel property, and I walked in, and I told this woman what was going on with me, and she said, you know, I can massage you, but I don't think it could help you as much as something else that I've got going on. She's like, "I have this tank in my basement <laughs> now <laughs> I mean, now, most normal people would yeah. run right like run fast like me uh, but, <laughs> but when you live with chronic pain every single day, you will do anything to get relief. So
0: can I ask you about your chronic mm-hmm. pain like what sure did was there like a car accident that no you never... I um yeah.
1: Actually, I, I went undiagnosed. I had a stage four endometriosis, which I've since had uh, surgery to correct. Wow. Uh, okay. But it was undiagnosed for 23 years. Damn. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, fortunately, wow. I'm, I'm very lucky. But I have a big empathy for people who live with pain every single day. Sure. Um, so much pain that you're willing to go to a stranger's home and walk <laughs> into their basement. Right. And unlike Lance's <laughs> experience, it was not pretty. It oh, wow not, It was not a nice basement. It was down rickety steps, and at this point i 'm going, "Oh my God, ah. no one knows where I'm at. I am in a city far from home uh, and the tank was not was not pretty. <laughs> it was not a pretty tank. It might have been homemade i can 't remember that far back, uh, but what I did remember is when I got out of that tank for the first time, I felt good, and i don 't mean like like i was I was okay to function. I mean, I actually felt good. Like for the first time ever uh, in years. That's incredible. And it was amazing. How long of
0: a float was it?
1: I don't remember. I think it was a longer. I think it was like probably closer to 90 minutes. Okay. Um, it was a longer float because I, I remember being restless. I was restless. Sure. I, I couldn't let go. Um, yeah. so the float itself was not a great experience, but when I got out, interesting, I was like, holy crap, this is the best I'd ever felt. So I said, okay, can I come back tomorrow? No uh, way. She le- wow. Yeah. I, I was like, she was real nice and you know, it was a little scary, but I, you know, I, I made it out of the basement alive. She <laughs> let me float three days in a row and then I had to go back home to Nashville and I noticed when I got back home, my pain level was at a two. And if you talk to uh, anyone in chronic pain, yeah. we live, we live for those days. Huh. Um, I could go out to eat. I could do all kinds of stuff that I couldn't do before. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this the tank at the base. I didn't know it was a thing. I didn't, I didn't know what a float tank was. I, I was in a, I was trying to explain it to people. And of course, every time you explain it, it makes it, you sound like you're crazy. Um, so, I looked on the internet, but at that time, there wasn't a lot of information on the internet. So, I tucked that in the back of my huh. head, and as I traveled, uh, I discovered uh, space-time tanks in Chicago. Yeah, It was yeah. really the only other place I could find a tank. Um, so, uh, skipping ahead to being a massage therapist, I began, I opened a clinic in Mark's business, which is a baseball training academy, mm-hmm. and... I was looking at well, the Who, reason he brought me in. Was we're tr-
0: Did we introduce Mark? Who Mark is? Oh, Mark
1: is my, I'm so sorry. Mark <laughs> is my business partner. Yeah. He's the guy that I, that I went through all this craziness with. And uh, <laughs> he, he brought me in because he wanted to find ways to help his clients from uh, re- recover from injury faster, but also uh, to prevent injury. And of course my mind went right back to that experience that I had. Uh, I learned a little bit more about it. I learned about what it was by that point. And so I got this crazy idea. I'm like, let's make this, let's make this happen. Uh, so I called, before I even talked too much to Mark about it, I called the health department because there was no other float tank in Tennessee that I could find. And I said, yeah, I, I want to start this float tank center. I'd like to put one in. And they're like, oh, that's fine. After I explained it to them, what And that was, was the end of
0: the discussion, right?
1: Oh, no, and you actually. you opened your center? Exactly. No, 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 no. They said, that's fine. Here's the pool regulations. Um, so as long as you can meet these, no problem. And I, I, said, I was looking through it. I'm like, but it says I have to have a lifeguard? I'm like, well, yeah. I'm like, no, no, that's going to be awkward. That's just awkward. I'm like, you don't understand. And that's where it started. At that point, I realized I was in over my head. Uh, but uh, what do my goal. You mean goal, in over your head. Like, just that I this knew, was going to be a battle. I knew basically. this was not an easy thing. Yeah. Okay. This was not yep. going to be, yep, let's go and. They're going to say yes, and we're going to go and put in a float tank. Uh, I, that's <laughs> when I approached Mark, and I said, hey, you know that crazy thing I've been talking about? Uh, I want you to kind of go in this with me wow. if you'd be interested. And he'd never floated, so I discovered there was the first float tank uh, con- conference. It was the year of the first float tank conference. And he was real nervous about it, but I got Mark to come to the conference with me and to <laughs> float for the first time at Float Shop.
0: Oh yeah, I actually cool. talked yeah. him into it.
1: Um, for the first time. So yeah, and he (laughs) came out, and he was—he totally fell in love with it. And he floated the open tank, right? He went no, he did the, uh, uh, the big the flotarium. Flotarium, yay! But he Uh, fell in love with your open tank.
0: That's right. I I do Uh, remember he was infatuated with the open. (laughs) tank Totally infatuated with your (laughs) open
1: tank. Uh, But uh, yeah, he fell in love with it. We went to the float conference. I met you. I met so many people who were in the same boat. Yeah. And so. Uh, my pain uh, ended up uh, helping other people. Like Lance said, that's what we're that's what we're in it for. Yes. We're here to help other people and and we're doing it every day. So my pain inspired me to find out more and and now I get to I get to spread the love. Uh,
0: that's awesome. That that's All really... started
1: Tank in the basement. Tank in the basement. <laughs> tank in the basement. Uh,
0: Interesting. <laughs> Is that how everybody's has to start out with a tank in the basement? <laughs> I Back
2: even three years that's, ago, that's really yeah. there wasn't much going on. You know, yep. it was tanks in the basement. Now it's, um you know, you can find a float tank within a hundred miles of almost everywhere. Right. Yeah, gone yeah. commercial. Beautiful. Sellouts. God.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, nice. That's very cool. Uh, <laughs> there's something I wanted to say about that. I guess just that we all of us kind of cover different aspects of of why it helps clients i like for me personally it was the introspective aspect of it the fact that your ego can kind of step aside while you look Mm. inward um i feel like lance was kind of on that same page is that right and very much so yours was i mean that physical pain Mm. dropping Mm. dropping to a two that's it sounds pretty epic to me
1: (laughs) it changed my life it changed everything
0: it literally has changed your life Uh, sandra similarly um she she is a nurse she's has a master's in nursing she was working as a nurse full time when she floated and she just saw all of her patients who could benefit through floating um and she saw just all the pills that they're taking just go away um and that's what we're seeing now at the float shop is people who don't have to um take their pain medication anymore which is crazy and i don't want to just say everybody stopped taking their pain medication but it's just something that we see time and time again um you know anecdotally of course but it's really cool to see. So that's cool that we, we all have kind of a little bit different places that we're coming from, but they're also similar. And, yeah, I think the bottom line for all three of us and um, definitely why I wanted you guys to be part of this team is you guys are definitely coming from the place of, of heart and wanting to share this with the community in a very positive, uh, holistic way. So um, I'm excited that we're all on that page. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you were you were talking about your, your process of opening up and meeting Mark and yeah. all of that. And mm-hmm. um, I... I obviously I already had my partner we were going in with um into the business and we had been together I want to say six months I don't think it had been a full year I mean maybe Sandra and I had been together for a year but we decided to start a business together um which most people would tell you was a really dumb idea and they're probably right in a lot of ways um (laughs) it has been absolutely brutal on our relationship it's been so difficult um but at the same time, I cannot imagine going to work um and then coming home and needing to explain my day to somebody. <laughs> like, Sandra and I are in it. We're we're in the dirt together and we totally understand where each other are are at. It, it like our hearts of, of what we're doing with our lives are completely on the same path together. So um in, in that respect, uh it makes it absolutely worth it. Um, the fact that every time we're eating dinner it gets into a float business talk <laughs> that's that's a little bit different, and we're working on that um, but uh yeah that yes you you're able to disconnect hol huh, lance, say goodbye to your business partner, go home, go to the rest of your life
2: <laughs> um I, I wish I could say yes, but uh, mm-hmm. before we actually uh started the flow check, um, we were roommates. So, oh, so um, funny. <laughs> when you take the entrepreneurial route, you tend to not have very much uh, funds to play with. So right. um, he's actually lived with me for about four years and he's finally, you know, we're, we're starting to create that separation now and he's moving to his place, but. You still um, live together. Yes. Yeah. Well, wow. he's uh, moving out actually today. No way. <laughs> think today's the last day, so um, yeah. Must be but it's, recording today. I, I do say like uh having there's three of us in the business um but having uh business partners is much like uh much like a relationship much like a marriage except well there's no sex but it's <laughs> um it's somewhat close but going home and uh trying to create that separation was very tough for us and uh that's something we had to communication was a big thing between the three of us and mm-hmm. we've we're still learning every day, but that's uh, that's one of the biggest strides we've taken is is learning how to communicate with each other. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Um, my tough. my process was um, a little similar to both of yours. Um, we had an idea and we decided to go for it, and there wasn't much information out there at right. the time. There's probably a lot more when I uh, when I get got going compared to you two, but uh, there wasn't when, much out there. So when
0: did you open your business?
2: We opened last year, so it would have been okay. July wow. of 2014, that's and we started so doing our research at the beginning of 2013. Okay, so there's. So
0: we opened in 2011, and we were doing research for, I would say, about six months before that, and you know, working on business plan and all that. But we thought there was no information out there. For, and two years, I know that's when a lot of information started going out there. For you to say that, that's incredible mm-hmm. for me to, to hear that you felt like there wasn't much information. Like, what resources did you have, and what was. What you do? Well, H- or how would you figure things out?
2: It was a lot, of, a lot of Google, just a lot of searching centers and what they're doing and reading uh-huh. their testimonials. And then at, time, at the time, there was uh, a couple of business plans out there. We never, went with, we never went with any of those business plans or anything like that, but uh, we've seen them and seen what was going on with that. And then before we start construction or anything, we got to attend – it would have been the second annual – Yeah, second annual float conference, and we did the workshop there, and that sort of threw a ton at us, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) all three of us are actually mechanics by trade, so we have a pretty good grasp of how things work, and if um, they don't work, we'll make them work, and if we can't make them work, well, we'll build a new one. (laughs) um, A lot of our, just a lot of our background was able to put forward into building a float center, and uh, we did absolutely everything from Um, building a business plan, to um, finding property, to doing construction, to marketing, to building our website, to pulling our permits, to dealing with health. Um, We did it all. And we learned a lot. None of us had construction experience. None of us had marketing experience. Um, (laughs) It was quite the process. And that could almost be a whole series of episodes talking about how we came from point A to finished product, which... We're still not finished because right. we're, um, right. we there have we about a four, <laughs> little bigger than yours, Amy. We have about a 4,000-square-foot space, um, and we only got two tanks in there taking up about 300 square feet of that. And so wow. we're, uh, we're set to expand, but we're nice. sort of doing it slowly. We're um, trying to do it with what we earn and mm-hmm. what we can invest and trying to minimize the debt. So it's a little slower. It's a little more hard um, budget wise, but, uh, it's, it's a slow process and there's a lot of pride going into it. Um, nice. Good. Everything's a lot of, a lot of energy, a lot of love, but it's, uh, it's coming. So the process has been great. Um, nice. It's been, it's been long.
1: And you've you done ever, some great work. Do
2: you Thank you. Thank you, you so out, much.
0: Lance, or is it all just positive?
2: Um, there's a lot of burnouts, but, uh, it's it's finding balance and it's having to say no sometimes because there's always things that come up and and being an entrepreneur you're always so excited to do the next thing and and challenge yourself and you know make your finished product even better by putting in more work but um, you have to find that balance and you know all of us being in the the relaxation business we sometimes well me personally sometimes I forget that and it becomes
1: I think that's pretty common you know we talked about what we did before, but Lance, you're still you're still working outside, so your float center isn't all that you do, is it?
2: No, I have a few things on the go. So yeah. I actually work Busy man um, out of town. I still work as a mechanic three days a week. I try to get full-time hours in those three days. Wow. And then I do run the business. I'm usually there the other three or four days. Um, wow. And I'm also um, one of the co-founders and board members for the Canadian Float Collective, which is uh, a nonprofit association to help forward the flotation industry in Canada and, well, I guess uh, the entire world. Everything that that gets put into the flotation world can be spread around, but um, we just want to get everyone working together. And also this podcast. Um, (laughs) So there's, yeah, there's a few things and a couple side projects too. So um, right now it's just, I've decided to dedicate three years of my life to to Doing this and that's what I'm doing. I'm not even not even worrying about anything else just, uh, <laughs> nice. just looking looking for tomorrow
0: Amy, did you use money out of pocket? How did you and mark do it?
1: Oh boy. How did we do it? Uh Yeah, we did we used a lot of most of it was money out of our own pocket wow. We did do so a few personal loans Okay. Uh, I am glad to say that we will be completely debt-free in about six more months. Wow. Uh, so not bad for two and a half years. Uh, so we've been able to keep the debt on the low side, but we were not able to do it debt-free. Sure. Which, which was tough. Um, I hear you. We tried. We bootstrapped as much as we could. But uh, it, what happened with all our... We were regulated. We didn't talk much about that yet. But we uh, had 18 months where we had to fight out for some regulations and it ended up costing us uh, about uh 80% more than what we thought oh due God. to the regulation. It was it was crazy. But we we, we figured it out.
0: <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll definitely be covering that in a future <laughs> episode. My goodness. <laughs> Jeez. Um just to answer yeah, my own question since you guys shared. Um we did our fundraising or uh, pitched our business plan to our parents. And so we got uh, I think we each put in or Sandra and I collectively, I think, put in eight or ten thousand dollars, and then our, our parents um, helped with the other—I want to say sixty thousand. Um, so that's that's how we did it. However, um, once we became experts, once we did all the research. Um, and wrote our business plan, people wanted to give us money. It was really interesting. Friends wanted to be part of this. They wanted to to um, invest, and angel investors also wanted to invest because while we did want to pitch to our parents, um, we were also researching how to get investors, and we found that lots of people wanted to to be part of this. We didn't take any outside investment because we wanted more ownership of the company, um, but it was really inspiring to see that you can get investors in on this um particularly if you can sell the fact that you know what you're doing and, and believe in what you're doing
1: absolutely yeah, and you, can... ma- you brought oh i'm sorry lance go ahead
2: oh no i was going to say i can relate to that totally because it was uh it was my parents as well that we approached and with our full business plan and uh <laughs> you know we didn't have enough to complete it they did about the same amount as you and we had to huh. get a smaller loan for the rest so it's um almost the same, the same the yeah. same story
0: uh, we'll definitely be talking about investors, loans, all that stuff in a, in a future episode. Thank you guys so much. Thank you for sharing. Um, for everybody who's listening, hopefully you got to um, hear a little bit about all our hosts here. And I think in the future, there'll be a, a lot more interesting, more more specific discussion on, on different uh, float topics. Um, but I also want to cover, again, um, community feedback, uh, the fact that we want to hear from you guys. and um, not only do I want to hear about you and hear any questions in general, but um, this this week in particular over Twitter, I'd love to hear, and, and Facebook, um, what do you guys want from this podcast? Uh, Lance, Amy, and I, we have a real, um, we, we have a good idea of what we want to do, but we also want to evolve it and grow it so that it's as valuable to you as possible. So um, if you just want to uh, use the hashtag or even just, Tweet um, Artful Floating or post on the Artful, uh, the Art of Floating Facebook page. Um, That'd be perfect. Um, Hashtag, what was it? Uh, Was it AOF Startup? Let's stick with that since I said it out loud. Um, And again, um, you can reach me at at Artful Floating. You can reach uh, Lance at The Float Shack. You can reach Amy at Float Nashville. And then again, please uh, leave us speak pipes. Uh, leave us voicemails on the website. Um, I think you can do uh, several minutes uh, of talking on there. We might cut it down. But, um, Lee, let us know what you want from this podcast. And uh, let us know of any questions you have. And um, if, uh, if we can, we'll, we'll get it up on the podcast and play it for everybody and discuss it on the show here. And um, anything else you guys want to share?
2: No, I'm just looking really forward to where this grows and getting the community involved. Um, yeah. That's one of the biggest favorite parts about the whole float community is everyone's yes. so willing to work together. And yes. we're just one more means for everyone to connect and, mm-hmm. you know, work more as a unified body than against each other, like some industries. So um, I'm looking forward to meeting and talking to a lot of you listeners. So Yay. thank you so much.
1: Yeah, we are stronger together. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it, guys.
0: Yeah, hopefully, that's what this podcast does is brings everybody together, brings everybody a voice um, across the country and the world. Um, when I say country, I meant Canada first, and also America <laughs> and the rest of the world. Um, so, with that, I think we're going to call it a show. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Amy. Thanks, Lance. And have a great one, everybody. We'll see you next week.
1: You're listening to the Art of Floating Podcast.